Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Whether you're betting on a basketball game, or the Golden Globes, or The Bachelor, or the Oscars, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds and almost anything you can imagine, and of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> and what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here with you as we are sitting here at the All-Star break, a forgettable finish to this first half of the season for the Clippers we're here to break it all down. We're going to talk about this last road trip, and we're also going to give our grades for the first half of the season for the team, for the coach, for the players. we got a lot of good stuff here. Alex, uh, thanks for tapping in, and we're, we're here for, for another week on the Bleed Podcast Network. Definitely back, definitely back. Happy to be back, man. Let's get this thing rolling. So we've talked so much throughout this season, and obviously record-wise, still solid for the Clippers. It's obviously a really disappointing kind of last week and a half they're 24 and 14 now and uh you know it's half a game behind the three seed a game and a half behind the two but yeah they sit in the four seed all of a sudden now uh after being in really the top two three for most of the first half of the year going you know one on four in this latest road trip we know there's been a lot of injuries a lot of talk about late game execution uh what did you see during this road trip uh, which was obviously a disappointing one for the clippers and kind of what uh, didn't go right in kind of this past week or so for you? Uh, I, I, w- I would just definitely say it wasn't a, a, a nucleus of a team. Um, a lot of last-minute things that were happening uh, for the guys that, you know, were really supposed to take over the game and stuff like that. Paul George been out during the first game, and then uh, you got Kawhi, you know, skeptical from that standpoint, last 30-second 30, 30 calls. So that pretty pretty much puts a dent in um, any any man's game from that standpoint. Uh, if they're not actually able to play, you know, that's a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, a lot of depth that you're missing from those two standpoints. It's, it's an important point to make, and, you know, I don't think there should be excuses for losing to some lesser teams, but at the same time, uh, when you're missing key pieces and multiple ones, you know, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard, all of a sudden, very late scratch against Boston, and then Marcus Morris, who was really playing well, 
gets a concussion in the second quarter, so that's two of your top guys out. And then the next game, it's it's Paul George and Marcus Morris. So uh, anytime you're missing really some of your top guys of that caliber, uh, the margin for error really shrinks. And I think we've seen that over the past couple of games in you know, a, a packed stretch that, that really left the Clippers on, on the short end of a couple of close games. For sure, yeah. And, yeah. and we know that it's such a small sample size still, but late game offense for the Clippers, clutch minutes, how, how they describe it, you know, under five minutes in a game that's within five points or less. Clippers right now near the, the bottom of the league in those markings. And again, you throw in the caveat, they've played very few of those minutes, but uh, what in particular have you seen uh, that has led to those kind of struggles in, in late game situations where the Clippers offense kind of grinds to a halt and isn't that free flowing incredible offense that's near the top of the league for most of the rest of the game. No, I think it goes all the way back to, you know, the, the last season. I don't know if it's a plague that they go through or some type of red stop sign that they always find um, where they can't get over this hump there in quicksand, where they just literally can't put the ball in the ocean. And um, it's been happening far too long, and I think they have to figure out how to make this they have, you know, switched the whole roster around where they got fresh new blood, fresh new energy into this point from Batum and everybody else that's actually playing key, key minutes. But for the most part, they, they, that's the biggest thing, you know what I mean, that everybody sees that the Clippers have is just they cannot finish from that standpoint when it's that four-minute mark. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed, uh, and I think some people have written and talked about it as well, is just kind of the the shot profile or the shot selection of the team. And I think, you know, you obviously take it when shots are falling. And in the Washington game, you know, all season long, Clippers are one of the best three-point shooting teams ever. We saw that Washington game. A lot of good looks, granted, open looks, threes that they like, that they normally take. But really five, six possessions in a row where they get the drive and kick for a three. And, you know, if it's not falling, you would think one or two of those times, try to get to the rim get to the free throw line. I think that's something that's been not only missing in the clutch, but the free throw attempts for this Clipper team are way down. And, you know, there's reasons for that. They obviously shoot more threes now. They're a better shooting team. There's a little bit different uh, look to this team without Montrezl Harrell, who got a ton of free throws. Uh, But free throw attempts for the Clippers, last year they were number one in the league. This year they're second to last, 29th. So a huge dip in them getting to the free throw line, which I think especially in late game situations has you know, cost them when you can get a, get a stop in terms of the clock, get points when the, the clock is stopped, and kind of reset yourselves. I feel like that part has also been missing in, in certain clutch moments as well. Yeah, man, you hit head on the, dead on the head from that standpoint. Um, my dad always said, you live by the jumper, you die by the jumper for sure. And uh, you got, you know, your big man from Sergi Baca actually living by the jumper. And it's not falling for him, especially for the last two games. You know, he's been playing um, 28 minutes the first game, probably less minutes from that standpoint. And, you know, he's not getting his touches that he normally got in in, uh, Toronto. But for the most part, you know, the free throw line is definitely uh, not being touched at all. You know, so that's the biggest thing, exactly what you said, going to the hole. The shots aren't falling. You got to do something else. You got to put it inside. And they don't have nobody as far as big presence that can actually get the ball inside and they're getting wide open shots with their set their feet set so they can knock it down you know um everything's done around key players like Paul George Kawhi Leonard 
uh, for the most part. And if they don't have these these key pieces, then you know people are trying to step up. Each player is trying to step up their own unique way and try to take over, but that's not really their game, and um, they're getting caught with that. Yeah, and I think, and I think you look at kind of the Milwaukee game. I think is the probably the best example. The Boston game as well, but just simple things that I think on the on the good side of things are fixable. Uh, but you would hope that you know the the same mistakes don't repeat themselves. Where a lot of these things in terms of the shots they're getting are are simply attacking the wrong part of the defense. Where you look at the Milwaukee game. Of course, you want the ball in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's hands, but they're running a pick and roll with those two together when it's Giannis and Chris Middleton, the two best defenders guarding them, whereas you you see other teams do it all the time. Of course, the Lakers are good at it. Uh, we saw you know Cleveland do it against the Warriors in the past, but you exploit the poor defenders on the floor and put them in the pick and roll where you can then get the mismatch instead of having your top guy go against the best defender. So instead of attacking... Dante DiVincenzo and making him defend uh, you know you're going up against Giannis or Middleton and I think you know that's something that they can easily improve upon in terms of who they're looking to attack defensively and then when they do decision making which I think takes it to the Boston game where they did make that adjustment Paul George got the switch with Kemba Walker on him but as we said with the free throw line settled for a three over his smaller defender instead of attacking him and taking him to the basket so I think it's a combination of recognizing the matchups and kind of making the right decisions and being smart about how you attack those matchups as well, which they do for most of the game. But as you said, it's kind of these three, four minute increments where for whatever reason, the wheels kind of stop turning and it, it results in some, some poor decisions. Yeah, for sure. That's basketball one-on-one right there. Attack the weakest man, the weakest defender. And that's your offense from that standpoint, you play around that. But yeah, um, you know, when, when, when games get close, you know, um, shots get short. You know what I mean? <laughs> they 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 tend to timid, and you miss one or two, and that stays with you uh, through the course of the game. You know what I mean? Instead of playing freely, you're missing shots that you normally hit, and uh, you're passing up shots, not even looking at the rim. So guys are actually seeing that, and they're trying to have somebody step up, and it's not working right now. So they got to figure out how to actually get back door layups how to get to that free throw line, most importantly, which you just said, too, as well, and actually how to put the ball in the post where they can be a presence from that standpoint as well. you got great sizes and depth as far as Nicholas Batum. You know, if, if, if Giannis is guarding Paul George, who the heck is guarding Batum? So he has to be a threat from that standpoint also, uh, putting it in the post and using his length and his weapons as far as his long athleticism, making easy baskets, easy plays. And that's a good point, too, and I think – one of the areas that can improve going forward with whoever it may be. But, of course, you know, Kawhi is the guy you think of when you think of getting into the post. And really, when he gets to that spot in the mid-range, it's almost automatic. I think we've seen more in late-game situations, defenses kind of pushing him out just a couple of feet further than maybe where he's comfortable. We know he can hit from anywhere, but instead of kind of being in his office, you know, 10 feet away, he's at 17 feet and that you know, that money mid-range is just a little bit further out and a tougher shot to make. So I think getting better sets to get him in that position and other guys where you said there could be mismatches as well, I think is something that they can take advantage of going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most definitely. So we know, we mentioned the record, fourth place in the West. 
They've obviously their first three game losing streak of the year. They were the last team in the league to to lose two in a row. So you know, don't want to act like the sky is falling. It was a disappointing stretch. It's probably a very well timed <laughs> break, an all star break for them. But what is what's your level of concern? Is it a you know out of ten for this team? You know, where would you put your concern level? Is it super high? Is it middle of the road? What do you What do you feel? I don't know. Uh, um, when it gets When it gets to you know All Star break, everybody's head is thinking differently. You know what I mean? You probably got somebody already in All Star break thinking of you know for 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 as vacations and you know what I mean, planning yeah. those out. You know, I've been <laughs> there before, so um, just getting away. You've been in the bubble so long the whole season. Um, uh, last year and literally just actually finished the whole season last year and it's coming back within not even a month span and playing a whole new game a whole new season so um the breath pressure of actually relaxing recharging your batteries is definitely in your mindset and just trying to finish up those games as quick as possible uh, whatever the outcome may be um it's probably in somebody's viewpoint um for the most part especially the veterans you know um but uh again i think for the most part, to answer your question, um, from this standpoint on all the way into these last couple of games, they've been playing pretty good, really good. I've seen some great flashes of uh, great chemistry, uh, and I'm talking about coming from a team that's actually putting a lot in front of them where they had to make um, a, a bulk of their, their nucleus around guys that are brand new, even the coaching staff, you know, so... Uh, they've been doing really good, and I think they're they're a sponge. They're listening to the coaching staff. They're trying and applying new things, and uh, you can see uh, everybody's in, in the right chemistry as far as getting ready towards the uh, the playoffs playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's somewhere in the middle, right? We've seen kind of the the, the war, if you will, between Clipper fans on Twitter, where I feel like half the group of fans is panicking the other half is saying it's completely fine i think it's probably somewhere in the middle right i think there are things to yeah, be to be concerned about late game things that we've talked about a little bit here on the show and and obviously uh you know maybe they can make an upgrade through the buyout market or through the trade market but uh, at the same time on the other end of the spectrum when Kawhi leonard and paul george have played together they're 18 and 6 on a you know 62 win pace in, in, a, in a regular season so health i think more than anything is still the biggest thing for this team and that in itself is a concern but um you know this team is not going to reach its potential unless it gets fully healthy and i think that's obviously the the main thing but overall it's probably like we said somewhere in the middle and can, can i say one more thing too that, that that's alarming uh, yeah. more than anything is um uh going towards playoffs you need a bench you know what i mean and and just looking at the stat sheet from from the past couple of games, on that you don't know what you're going to get from the bench. Um, you know, as far as somebody that's going to be consistent, and I think that's probably my biggest red flag more than anything. Um, besides Lou Williams, who you know who is a star in itself, um, you don't know what you're going to get out of that standpoint. So I think that's going to be my biggest alarming um, red flag more than anything. I would say. Yeah, and it's obviously a new group. Like you said, they're integrating guys, um, but consistency is huge. And I, we'll go over it here, obviously, in these grades. But um, hopefully in the second half, I think something that could help out the bench unit is, again, 
it's a sounds like a simple thing, but but getting the team healthy so you can have the normal starting rotation. You're not moving guys up from the bench into the starting lineup and changing roles. I think if people can even just have a you know a 10, 15 game stretch where everyone is in a defined role, uh, we can see the thing kind of get rolling a little bit more where guys are comfortable in, in the spots they're going to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So we know Clipper Nation. It was a, an ugly stretch, but take a deep breath. It's the all-star break. Uh, we'll see how they do. Um, we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we've got grades, letter grades for the team, the coach, the players, where we break down the performance of this first half of the season. So we'll be right back on the Bleed Podcast Network. want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right, we're back here on the Believe Podcast Network, and we're going to get into our grades for the first half of the season. Clippers a little over the midway point in terms of the amount of games they've played, so it's the perfect time to to grade the team uh, top to bottom, pretty much. You know, there's a few players who really haven't played that we'll leave out, but for the most part, uh, we'll get through it all. Uh, so, so, Alex, tell me, where should we start? Should we start with the bench? Should we start with the coach, with the team overall? Where, where do you want to begin? Oh, man. And let's start with the uh, – we can go with the roster all the way down to the guards, I would say. Go from there. We can start with the, let's start with the bench. Let's get the bench going on. Okay. We'll go with a, a little-used bench player. So, you know, the grade you know, probably doesn't matter that much. But we'll start with Patrick Patterson, a vet. Doesn't play a lot, but he's coming here and there. Uh, what would you give Pat Pat? Pat Pat, man. Uh, Pat Pat's definitely Pat Pat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's just going to really just be there. Um, a locker presence from that standpoint. Um, not too many minutes, I, I would say. Um, he's just going to be a consistent veteran, you know. Um, you don't expect a lot out of this guy, a 10-year veteran. So um, whatever he gives is going to be um, positive from that standpoint. Um, there's no pretty much grade-wise, I would say probably like a, like a B, I don't know. It's a solid, you know, yeah. from his standpoint, what he gets. Yeah, yeah. That I think we're on the same wavelength. I gave him a B as well. Like you said, just steady, knows his role. He can come in. I think he started a game or two where came in and made some three point shots. So he he can do that, and then also just be a guy who's kind of a good locker room guy. So I think a B, solid. Like you said, it's not he's not going to wow anybody, but he'll come in and do his job. Facts. Yeah. True. All right. Let's go to a. Uh, to Luke Kennard. We know that shooting percentages are good, but he's obviously been, been disappointing so far this year. What, what do you give Luke Kennard? Oh, man, I give his agent an A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. 
I mean, it's, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> I'll give his agent an A+. Plus. But Luke Kennard is, uh, I don't know, man. He's, he's probably got like a D for me. You know what I mean? Been in the fact we're talking about the money that he's gotten. Um, and what we saw as far as flashes that he's done with the Detroit Pistons. You know, we know that this guy can actually play at a high level, you know, and can be, you know, one of the top leading guys off the bench. And uh, he hasn't showed it, you know. And due to the fact he has been injured a little bit, um, it's been a setback. Who knows if he's been playing with the injury or not uh, for the time been that he had to sit out. But for the most part, um, yeah, man, you, you, you got you to play up to your, your salary more than anything for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I When I did these grades yesterday, uh, I initially had Kennard at a D as well. Um, but I bump, I bumped it up to a to a C minus because the game against Washington was probably his best game of the year, and it was finally like, okay, this is the guy we've been waiting for. He had four threes, he had some no look passes. You know, it was it was basically the player that we want to see. So hopefully, that's a precursor to the second half of the season and him getting more comfortable and healthy, like you said, because uh, it was finally like that's the guy that we've been waiting for. Uh, so hopefully that shows itself more but at the same time uh you know it has not been a great start as we said still not he's still shooting the ball well but it's more about the aggression uh getting involved in the offense and setting the table for others you know everything that he can do has been i think just under what he would want for himself as well so i think like you said you're a d i said c minus but we're kind of on the same same wavelength with that one as well okay okay so all right, what about uh, the youngster, Terrence Mann, who's been getting more and more minutes uh, as the season has gone on? What do you give Terrence? Oh, man, Terrence is the second year. Um, yeah, Terrence has been playing really well. Um, he's really confident now. I can see his posture um, is a lot has changed a lot, you know what I mean? And I think that's with the, uh, the, the help of, you know, having somebody like Chauncey Phillips in your ear and giving you that confidence and, of playing more and dependency uh, was something that he definitely needed, you know, um, where he can go out there and be himself. I see him making unbelievable passes, getting into the gap and really being efficient, you know what I mean, and not being scared and timid at all. He's taking shots that, that he can hit. Um, unfortunately, he's not making the ones that he, that are. He's taking it at a high level, at a high clip, but at the same time, he's taking them, you know what I mean? So that's going to be something of a a great presence when he does start knocking these shots down. But for the most part, I give him a B two, B B plus B. I would say about a B for sure. Okay, yeah, I went, I went a little higher. I gave Terrence an A. I just think he's been, he's been so strong lately. As you said, he's starting to take three pointers with more confidence. He's now hitting thirty eight percent of his threes, so he's become a threat or at least capable on that end. In terms of his shooting, he's been a great defender. Sure rebounder and tangible guy I just think you know it, it would be hard at the start of the season to predict if he could make it into the rotation or not and he's just kind of mm-hmm. willed his way into there and played really well so I'm gonna I'm gonna give man an A because I think he's done a really nice job for sure I'm not mad at you at all and I, I just love his presence on the other end of the floor to playing defense he's really uh shown that he wants to be um a threat on that defensive end too so that's huge it's huge, and, and like you said, with the defense, he's a bigger guard, too. So, obviously, Patrick Beverly's an incredible defender, and we've seen, you know, if he gets in foul trouble or gets hurt, 
who on that bench can really fill anything similar to that. And, you know, you get Terrence Mann, who's a a bigger guard who can defend wings as well. I think it just brings another dynamic and uh, obviously great value to the team. For sure, for sure, yeah. I think so, too. All right, let's go to one of the big guys off the bench, probably the big guy off the bench, uh, Evita Zubats. Uh, What do you give Big Zoo in 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 the first half? Big Zoo, man, I'm going to let you take this one. You go ahead and start it off first. I don't know too much about Duke. I haven't seen too much of his game, man. I really haven't been focusing on him. But uh, from what I've seen, I don't know, man. What what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give Zoo a B plus. I think think he, you know, at at the beginning of the year, he struggled a little bit. But he really lately has been so good for the team. You know, he's playing just about 20 minutes per game, but – Unlike last year, when he didn't get any fourth quarter time, he's getting a lot of the fourth quarter minutes this year, and he's done really well with them. You know, he's just real solid in how he defends the rim. Great rebounder. Uh, you know, just really a, a great team player where he just does things that help the team always. You know, he's going to be in the right spots. He's going to make the right plays. He's going to play hard every single minute he's out there. So I think after just, you know, the first week or two where he was kind of figuring out his role coming off the bench and adjusting he's been really strong yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna give him a b plus no i'm not mad so I, I agree uh for the most part you know he, he definitely rolls hard to the basket and they need that kind of presence where he can actually take up a lot of slack of rolling and somebody has to help um because he's a great finisher underneath the post and uh yeah he's a great presence you know uh, um yeah i definitely agree with you with that b for sure Okay, let's go to uh, keep it on the bench. Let's go to Reggie Jackson. Uh, what do you think about Reggie this year? Reggie Jackson, <laughs> man. Reggie Jackson, man. He's been a bit of tweener in a in a in a way, though. He's been starting and he's been on the bench. You yep. know, um, he hasn't really been um, so much of a, a I shouldn't say a threat, but just more of like a, a bad seed as far as defense this year. Um, he's been a lot more calmer too, as well too, um, and just filling his role and, and not being so erratic is is a definitely plus that I've seen. Jackson, um, I would say about a B too for sure. I'm giving everybody a B. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said about a B. Yeah, this this uh, one from spurts. Go ahead. No, I say this one for me may just be expectation based and based on last year where we know he struggled at times but I'm gonna give Reggie a big fat a plus because I think I think Reggie has been so good like you said and being so versatile where especially the past week we saw it it's like oh Kawhi or Paul George are out Reggie you're starting and then he comes in and drops 25 points you know he's been able to to be so good in whatever role this team has wanted him in like you said he's still not a great defender but he's at least competing he's hitting the three ball at a ridiculous clip you know he's just been in terms of the value of expectations and that him being a minimum contract guy where you're talking about play after your contract he's well beyond obviously that minimum deal and you know the team has been really lucky that he's played this well where you know it didn't reflect this week when they struggled but you look at those previous road trips where they had injuries you know the game against Miami where they had both Paul George and Kawhi out those type of games Reggie Jackson has stepped up huge, so I'm going to give him uh, an A+. Plus. Let's go. <laughs> he had 25 against the Celtics. He did. He had a season-high 25 against the Celtics. So. Okay. 
All right, what about uh, the other backcourt long stay on the bench? Of course, our man Lou Will. What do you give Lou? Lou Will. Uh, oh, man. Lou Will has not been literally um, a huge threat as far as the offense in, um, which is okay, you know what I mean, from that standpoint. I think he's holding his bullets for something that really counts, and that's the playoffs. Um, Lou's really – we've seen a, a great transition from Lou from, from offense and taking a role and just playing defense. And to be honest with you, I've been seeing Lou go right a lot now lately. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So he's been actually been balling from that standpoint. I, Lou's always been an A-plus guy for me, man. Just his, his character and um, just the way he actually becomes a veteran you know, every single year and taking on different roles and not forgetting himself as just being a, a ultimate bucket in a way. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to get a bucket no matter what. So I, I, I definitely give him a little A just for being Lou Williams himself. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't be mad at that. I, I we, we both know. We both love Lou, so I'm not going to yeah, argue yeah. that. Uh, I, I had Lou at a B. Uh, you know, he got off to a slow start as well. But like you said, he's perfect locker room guy. He's someone who accepts his role. You know, when it, same thing like Reggie, when guys went down injured, he kind of found his rhythm and picked up his offensive game to what we're used to seeing. It's been a little more up and down. I think we talked about those free throw numbers. He's one of the guys who's not getting to the line as much. Maybe that's, like you said, kind of saving things for later in the year. Um, but at, at the same time, it's still been a nice and solid Lou Will year. I think he can, as long as he's not you know, being lackadaisical with the basketball and turning it over. He's such a threat still offensively and such a key part of their chemistry. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I give a B for Lou, but, you know, Lou is such a, a key piece. Mm-hmm. I think in a way, too, because we know Lou is scoring so much. So for him to get, like, 19 to 17 points, it almost feels like a natural, like, LeBron James dominant, like he's going to get 35. Like, we just expect that of him, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, we overlooked that point of him just getting a quiet 19 and 17 points where really people struggle to even get two points in the league. So, yeah, that's how I look at Luke. Like, he, he's definitely going to be a bucket from that standpoint. Averaging 12 points a game, so he's solid. Man. Always been solid. Double digits off points. Yeah, no no doubt. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's round out the bench with, uh, with Marcus Morris, who, of course, made the decision to – to come off the bench when he came back from injury to let Nick Batum stay in the lineup. But, but what do you feel about uh, how Marcus Morris has been this year? I definitely say, hey, before I say anything, Marcus Morris was, man. He's been he's been playing pretty good um, just all around, you know, been a presence um, on the defensive end, um, shooting the ball a lot better. I think it's because he's been – he, he came in, you know what I mean, a full season, and he knows his role. You know, I've seen him struggle with when we first came in, um, when we first started off, he was he was struggling from that three point range, you know. But now he's hitting, you know, two three threes a game, and um, you know that's expected of him for sure, though. But at times, though, I do see him taking some wild outlandish threes <laughs> uh, <laughs> due to the fact that he probably ain't shot in a while. But for the most part, man, uh, this guy's been playing really good this year. Yeah, we're on we're on the same page with that one. I gave him an A as well, and like you said, it's the the three point shooting is really the reason why. Like you said, some of them might be tough shots, but he's shooting forty six percent from three. It's near the top of the league. He's been absolutely out outrageous from downtown. Uh, so I, you have to give him an A for that production that he's provided. 
You know, we talk about late game offense. He's obviously missed a couple of games recently with that concussion, but uh, he's someone who's proven that he needs to be on the floor late because of the threat he brings. He's not afraid to shoot the ball in big moments. He can obviously score in the mid post as well, but what he's become as a three point shooter and as you said, brings toughness defensively. I th- I can't give anything but an A. Yeah, for sure. All right, so, <laughs> so let's move uh, into the starting five. Uh, we'll start in the front court. Uh, what do you feel about Sergi Baca so far? Sergi Baca, well, definitely Sergi Baca did not bring that 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 uh, tenacity as far as what he had and what we saw when he played with the uh, the Toronto. You know what I mean? That's the Sergi Baca that I've known and I've seen that was dominant from that standpoint. Um, he's a little shy from that standpoint. I, w- I would definitely say Serge is, is, is coming along a little bit slower than what we expect, um, you know, especially on the, um, on the defense end as well, too. Uh, so I would have to say a C, Serge, man, just by me knowing Serge as being a champion and him going all out from that standpoint and coming over here and not bringing that. Um, I'll definitely have to say a C for sure. Okay. Uh, no, I definitely understand it. I think Serge has, has had, you know, I think, like you've said with some other players, I think he's been taking his time and being methodical with what he's doing. Um, so I, I gave Serge a B. I think, like you said, I think there's good moments. I think there's poorer moments. But even with that said, I think the numbers are still pretty solid for Serge. You know, 11 points, yeah. almost seven boards. Uh, it feels like he should be shooting a little worse. He's shooting 51% from the field and 36 from three. I think for Serge, like you kind of alluded to, uh, his interior play, you know, obviously when he gets to the rim and dunks, he's making shots, but so many misses right at the rim on little hook shots or, or you know, bunnies. So I think that uh, has to improve going forward. But overall, I think he's been very effective in what the Clippers wanted him to do in terms of stretching the floor and providing that presence. And I do feel like as a guy who's who's been through it and, and gone all the way and won a title, I think he's been kind of taking his time. Uh, so I think it makes sense. Uh, but I do expect more from him in the second half, too. Yeah, facts. Sure. Definitely agree. All right, let's go to uh, to Nick Batum. What do you feel about Nick? Yeah, Nick. I'm gonna be honest. Like I didn't, I didn't really just expect Nick to play defense at a high level, and he's been doing that. You know, um, as far as the, the the points on the board, it's a bonus to me. Um, we know he's a great threat as far as offensive when he's shooting that three point ball. Um, for the most part, I think Nick has been doing an amazing job, um, given the fact that he's he's coming in here with one thing on his mind. And that's actually doing any and everything as far as winning the championship, you know. And he's been doing that from that standpoint on. And uh, the guy's been playing 12 years in the league and still in the starting lineup and still actually guarding the best defenders and, and knocking down shots that he does. Um, I definitely have to say about a B-plus for sure, B-plus. Okay, yeah, same, kind of the same rationale that I had. For Reggie Jackson, I just think because even though we both expected Batum to to be pretty solid, I just think about how good he's been. I'm gonna give him an A plus as well, just because kind of the level that he's shot and helped out offensively, I think has been such a surprise. So I'm gonna yeah. gonna give him that grade, that A plus as well that uh, that I gave for Reggie for the same reasons of 
of just kind of filling that role as well as you could hope for. That's for sure, yeah. I know it's more room and more push in him, though, man. I know he's he's a quiet little dude, man, but for the most part, uh, we've seen him play some unbelievable basketball, and uh, he's capable of doing that, bringing it for sure. So um, I'm expecting more things out of this gentleman, and I know he's going to bring it for sure, especially coming during playoffs. Okay, let's go. Uh, got three players left, and then uh, the coach and the team. So let's go, Patrick Beverly. What do you give Pat? Pat Beverly, Pat Beverly. Oh man, Pat Beverly's my guy. This dude is he's a bug, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Pat Bev. He's really, um, he's really been shocking, especially hitting the three ball a lot, um, which is phenomenal. Um, something that you know guys don't actually really respect. And he's really been knocking it down, um, taking his time a lot better, um, being more confident, shooting that three ball, even with a hand in his face, you know. So um, I, I really like what I see with Pat Beverly. As far as from right now, all-star break, I definitely give him about a B-plus for sure, um, the way he's been shooting the ball. Yeah. I know he's been going to defense too. Yeah, similar. I gave A-minus, but right in the same range, I think what you alluded to being able to shoot the three ball at over 42 percent you know what he provides defensively I think you know his health obviously is really important he's been healthy lately uh that's not always the case but I think that you know is what puts it in that that b plus a minus range rather than being a little bit better than that but I think he's been really solid this year as well mm-hmm. yeah all right so let's go to the yeah. the two stars we'll start with Paul Paul George what do you rank Paul Man, I definitely say Paul has been an A plus for me right now. Um, you already said it from the beginning. He he already he already had an interview where he was like, "I want to be you know uh, in the talks of being an MVP." Um, just the the saying that out loud and and speaking into existence, I respect that you know, and actually carrying that all the way up into this moment right now. This guy's been really phenomenal um, when he's on the court, when he's healthy. And when he's able to actually get it going for sure, and uh, every single game Paul George has been bringing it for sure, so he's been shooting very well at a high level. And there's nothing too much to say about a guy that's been in the game this long. Um, we just want him to actually keep this up for sure and keep it on the level with Kawhi Leonard, and uh, not actually, you know, take that take that fifty fifty ball as far as like you know Kawhi taking fifty percent of the slack, he's taking fifty percent of the slack and not just relying on Kawhi from the standpoint, but that's speaking to later on down the line. From right now, I would say an A-plus for Paul George for sure. Okay, yeah, I mean, we're not far off. I had A-minus, but it's been such a strong season for Paul George. I think, you know, recently some of the, the late-game struggles is probably why I dropped it to an A-minus, but, you know, that's nitpicking at this point. I think he, like you mentioned, he, he stated he was going to come back really strong. He's done that. 24 points a game, six boards five and a half assists he's basically been the point guard for the team and in, in his role in terms of handling the ball and he's been tremendous in that regard so uh yeah it's obviously somewhere in the a range for for paul george and what he's done yeah for sure for all right sure. and that brings us to to Kawhi. uh what do you have for for the claw <laughs> the claw is an a plus man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a natural a plus man if there's other grade than a you would get it um, you're talking about a gentleman that that has no flaw in his game at all. You know what I mean? Except you know the injury, the bug, the plague that he's been doing, 
going in and out. Uh, from that standpoint, though, Kawhi's been phenomenal. Um, he's speaking of a guy that actually is just living around the 20-point range, 30-point range every single night, and there's nothing you can do about it as far as a defender. Um, so you're going to get that every single night out of this guy. And uh, big shots, you know, so Kawhi is definitely a plus. No yeah, play. yeah, I had an A as well. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Kawhi, you know, you can debate what number because there's so many elite players in the league, but whatever, if he's number three, number four, number five, top two, whatever, he's one of the best <laughs> players in the league. And he, you know, he, he belongs in that do. conversation because of what he does, as you mentioned, every single night. He's going to put up numbers and big numbers and be a huge factor in your team winning or losing. So I think, uh, as you said, Kawhi is really the engine of the team and, and his performance, so he's definitely getting the A. Yeah. All right. So, what do you give? What do you give Ty Lue? What What have you seen uh, in in Ty Lue's you know first half of his season as the Clippers head coach? Oh man, you know it was kind of it was kind of alarming to me a little bit due to the fact that you know he was trying new things in the preseason. We saw that happening a lot, and uh, just trying to figure out where guys can be placed in the beginning as far as how they can actually be used the best way for their athleticism and for their ability. And uh, it, it, it's coming along really well, you know what I mean? And you got a guy that's actually giving slack to his uh, his assistants too as well. And, you know, he's, he's really been a sponge. And I feel that he's really just going to be in the way um, and is giving the whole – whole structure for the team to actually run he's not gonna i mean he's not gonna be in the way i should say so i really like uh what he's doing up until this point i really do i would say about an a i definitely would say a for sure okay yeah i gave i gave ty a b plus i think um you know again just taking into account kind of the the recent struggles i guess which as we mentioned some could be just as labeled to not having the, the healthy bodies just some of the late game execution. I do think, like you said, he did in the beginning of the year. I think he's still kind of experimenting and tinkering with things. So as we said, the level of concern is, like we said, probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, but overall, I think it's been strong, uh, and I'm hopeful for kind of the adjustments that he can make in the second half. But overall, I, I you know put him again at the higher end of the spectrum with a B plus. Yeah, yeah, not for sure. I I think he's in a he's in a hot seat right now, and he's been doing very well from that standpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what do you give the final one, the team overall, just an overall team grade for the first half of the season? Man, I would I would say I would have gave them a B, um, not being bad, but I mean, just the last couple of games is really putting a little strain uh, from that standpoint. Just going back to the old Clippers standpoint, you know what I mean? And definitely didn't want to see that towards the end of this this run because um, they've been playing so well um, due to the fact they've been having injuries and we've been saying that a lot but you know it, it's really been showing some some character out of these gentlemen and uh, the last two games it, I would have said a B plus uh, for their standings but I would say a B minus for right now I definitely would okay yeah again like I said I think we're on similar thought process I was gonna probably before this last couple of games be a B plus but yeah I, I would say a B overall I think the last road trip was obviously disappointing and kind of the late game struggles are a concern that need to be addressed uh, so overall you know the record is strong but probably not as good as it should be 
So I'd, I'd say a B. I think it's somewhere, you know, you could argue they've won games when they were not healthy they shouldn't have, and then that kind of evened itself out. So uh, I think a B overall with, again, hoping that health and everything comes together in the second half and they can kind of live up to their full potential. That's true. All right, so there you have it. Alex and I giving you our letter grades, uh, and we'll see um, you know, what happens in the All-Star break. We know... Kawhi and Paul George are in the All Star game. Uh, you know who knows if they'll either of them will play a lot. Hopefully not. But, um, but you know, and then we get back basically a week later and and get back to some basketball. But I think as we talked about, it's it's probably a perfectly timed break in t- in terms of just letting this team kind of take a breath and, and try to get themselves back to full strength and fully healthy and, and recharged for for the second half. Not for sure. Are they on the same team? I forgot even. Are they uh, on the same team? No, actually, I think Paul George is on Team LeBron, and uh, Durant or Kawhi was on is on Team Durant. So uh, maybe we'll see them guard each other. Maybe we'll see them out there against each other, which would be interesting. Yeah, that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll check out that All Star game. Hopefully, a safe, fun All Star weekend. Uh, of course. Everyone out there, make sure you follow follow Alex on, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Ackright. You can follow us uh, in any of these shows on, on Believe.com and the Believe Podcast Network. So, uh, you know, we'll be back at it again next week where hopefully the Recharge Clippers will be ready to go. Uh, let's get it, man. For sure, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> All right, so we'll talk to you guys again next week on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in L.A., and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.